Okay, so um, so Ryan Schumann, he's a best-selling author, podcaster, and blogger. He's the founder of The Hardcore Closer, which is a great website that shares his ideas and knowledge in the world of sales. He's consulted with many business owners around the world. He's also gone from zero to generating six figures per month while building his business. He's an awesome, awesome guy who's really down to earth and you know tells it the way it is. So welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, what's up? I'm excited to be here. And, uh, you know, I know it's early on your end of the world, so yeah. I appreciate you uh, getting up early to make things happen for me over <laughs> here on the opposite end of the planet. Yeah, all good, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I got my coffee, so uh, yeah, ready to go. Cool. All <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, so let's just, you know, let's get straight to it. I was reading through your website and everything, and I think um, your story is really interesting. It's really unique. And, um, you know, you get asked this a lot, but, you know, what was it like? All right. So, um, so let's get straight to it. Um, I'm sure that you've get asked this a lot and everything, but um, you know what was it like when you went to prison? I mean, you know, a lot of people read that and think, "Wow, this guy's been through a lot." And um, yeah, you know, what was it? What was it like in there? Like mentality, you know, mentally wise and. Man, you just get right into the deep yeah, shit, get straight huh? Into like, it, hey, man, man yeah. like you know, like we just like we're right into it. So, uh, well, you know, uh, I guess it's like anything else. I guess one of the things that I'm I'm lucky enough to be able to do is to adapt pretty easy and. Uh, I mean, it was interesting. Like the what happened with me is I, I was actually in segregation before I went to prison. So I was in the county jail. I got in a couple of fights in the county jail, and I got in a fight. One of the fights I got into was with the guard, mm-hmm. and so they had me in like the the what they call the shoe, which is like you know segregation where you're in a cell by your solitary confinement. What the public probably knows. And so I was in there. They came and got me in the morning and brought us out, like stripped us down, put us in these like jumpsuits that probably ain't ever been washed since the beginning of the penitentiary, man. They were gross. Yeah. And uh, hauled us out on this bus. <laughs> and as we went through this this bus ride, it was like hours long, like eight hours, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, Texas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever been to the States, but Texas is huge. It's like almost the size of Australia. It's like, yeah. it's, it's a huge there, state. It's nice. yeah, yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, we go out in the middle of Texas, nowhere. And uh, at the front of the bus, there was like this dude that had like a wheelchair. And he got on the bus in a wheelchair, and they they like left his wheelchair at the the county jail. And when they got on the bus, they kicked the dude off the bus. He didn't have no damn legs, man. And they kicked him off the bus. And I was I remember thinking like, man, if they'll do that to that guy, there's no telling what they're about to do to all of us, you know. And uh, it was the guards, you know, not the inmates, obviously. But apparently that guy, sorry, my nose running. Apparently that guy had like, you know, gotten to a drunk driving accident and killed a family. And that's why he lost his leg. So he was like told piece of shit anyway. You know what I'm saying? But still, it was like, whoa, man, this whoa. like and, – and it wasn't like – at first, it wasn't like uh, – it wasn't like what you see in TV where it was like a prison with like three tiers and, and all that stuff. Yeah. I ended up in those. But at first, it was more like something you see from like the Holocaust where they just like shipped you into this camp and barns and stuff, right? Yeah, and it's okay. like this – I mean, it looks almost exactly like if you look at any Holocaust deal, it looks almost exactly like those ghetto camps that they kept mm. the Jewish people in. They shipped us in one of those. And, dude, it's it's in the middle of summer in Texas. It can get to be 110 degrees. Yeah. And there's, like, no AC inside these places. None. None, man. So it was just – it was a uh, an interesting time. But, you know, it's like anything else. You kind of figure out how things work. You just kind of fall into the system mm. and uh, – and go with it. And and I've been twice, man. I did the, the state prison and the federal prison thing. And yeah. federal prison was completely different, A, because I already had experience, oddly enough, and B, uh, just because it was a lot more laid back environment. You know, a lot it was like white collar people and not necessarily like, you know, killers and, and yeah. gangsters. It, they were there, but just nowhere near as many of them. So from, from prison, you, you, you left there and then you also got into sales into like 
um, automobiles and everything like that? You were selling cars, is that right? No, so when I left uh, prison, I actually was started doing mortgages both times. Yeah. Uh, originally, I washed cars, went to prison, and then got out and did mortgage financing, mm. and uh, then went to prison again, got out and did mortgage financing again. I, once I lost my mortgage license was when I started selling cars, but you know, I've hit a, a, a lot of like slumps. You know, I I, I went to to prison for selling drugs originally, and mm. uh, and then got out, cleaned my life up, got a job in finance, did really well at it. Uh, had a run in with the cops that makes absolutely no sense. It ended up uh, getting in trouble again because of that, then going back to prison uh, again into a, a federal prison for a yeah. firearms charge. Then I got out, got back into finance, started kicking ass in finance again, and then yeah. the government passed a law to keep uh, keep people like me from getting licenses again. It's like, dude, it's like one thing after another, yeah. man. And uh, really, that's when I formed this whole online thing. I was like, I need a business that I have no boss. No license, no governing body, and as long as I pay my taxes and don't screw anybody over, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Jeez, you know when when it rains it pours, right? So yeah, once it once yep. you go through a lot of shit, just like just keeps coming. <laughs> but you seem to have just raised the top and just yeah, you just you know just roll with the punches and just take it in the chin, yeah. Yeah. Well, at the time it was like you know why me? Like poor me. All yeah. these things keep happening to me, but now I realize it was just strength conditioning because. I mean, after going through all that, you think I give a fuck if I got to file bankruptcy or something yeah. or if I can't pay something back or if my business fails? I don't give a shit. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. this, I, I, you know, I want to win. I don't want to give up and be a quitter. But at the same time, it's like I'm not scared of what it's going to be like to owe the bank money. I know what it's like to owe drug dealers <laughs> that want to kill you money. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Okay, so let's let's talk about sales because um, I mean, I was asking a few of uh, my followers and, you know, they're really curious about how you, how you sell and, you know, how, how you became so successful in it. So... Um, and you said that when you got out of uh, prison, you know, you're washing cars and then um, you lost your mortgage license and everything. But how did you get interested in the whole world of sales? Was it before prison or was it just you just fell into it and then or you just felt that you just had a knack for it? Well, I guess I was probably, I don't know, in my early teens when somebody gave me some Zig Ziglar tapes and mm. I was about 17. They invited me to like a multi-level marketing thing. Mm. And uh, and, you know, it but prior to that, I never had any like my my opportunities in sales were like you want to sell drugs, you know what I mean, and uh, and when I went to the multi level marketing opportunity, I was like, man, I'd like to do what that dude on stage is doing, but the product they're selling, they were selling gold coins or something. It's like I don't know anybody who wants this crap, you know what I mean, and and so but what I worked at the car wash, I applied the things I learned from the Zig Ziglar tapes to selling car washes because that's what I did. I, I washed cars, but really what I did was like when you pulled in and you say you want a $10 wash, I would sell you a $15 one, right? And so I would make it like a quarter per car if I bump people up. So it was that kind of that thing, right? Mm. And so uh, I would use that and and I got really – some days at the car wash, we would wash 1,500 cars. So I got 1,500 chances in a day, face-to-face -face selling chances. Wow. You know what so I mean? Like that's, like, like that's like speed dating. Yeah. For yeah. salespeople, you know what I mean? You got to get quick mm. at your uh, pitch in order to do that. And so, uh, you know, they gave me, you know, I did that for like six years. So they gave me a lot of experience doing that like week in and week out and day in and day out, pitching hundreds of people every single day. Mm. And I just got experience, man. It's the same with social media. When I uh, started doing social media, I ran social media for like 70 different people, mm. five posts a day. I got so good at posting and stuff like that, just kind of, you know. I got the experience, that, you know, and in, in in with that in a really short period of time, same thing washing cars. But once I got into the car wash, what happened, though, was a customer came by on a regular basis. She was like she always washed her Lexus and stuff, and uh, she passed away. Now her name was Monica. 
And she was like, dude, you know what, man, you got to come work for me. And I was like, well, what do you do for a living lady? You know? And she's like, uh, I'm in mortgages. And I was like, what's a mortgage? <laughs> I didn't yeah. even know. And she's like, what, you know, you do awesome. Your personality. I see you going above and beyond here. Really like how, and I'm like, lady, listen, I, I just got out of prison not too long ago. Like I'm, yeah. I don't even know what a mortgage is. I'm not qualified. You know, I like to have all these yeah. excuses to remain average. A lot of people do that, right? They got a lot yeah, of yeah, excuses. True, yeah. And she's like, listen, if you change your mind, come see me. Well, well, as as the world turns, the next day the owner of the car wash shows up, and I hadn't seen this guy in like six years, man. He's just he doesn't show up. He's the owner, you know what I mean? And yeah. so he shows up, man, and for some reason starts like picking apart like in me. And I guess his wife had come in the day before, and I didn't know it because I don't know who she was. Yeah. And I was like out back, or I wasn't available, or something. Anyway, he comes in and he's like been out of shape because his wife's probably bitching or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, dude, I'm I don't make but like fifteen dollars an hour here. I'm working like ninety hours a week. You can freaking keep your keys. I'm out of here. So yeah. I called that lady and I was like, hey, I hope that job's still open, right? I quit my job. I'm ready to come work for you, you know. Yeah. And uh, and and I showed up there. And within like two or three days, I had uh, like strange turn of events. I had a, a refinance deal it was from a, a few a friend of mine's parents. They took a chance on me and gave me uh, you know their financial package that I collected. And the lady did the work, and I made like almost seven thousand dollars. And it made it used to take me three months to make seven thousand dollars, and I just did it in like thirty days. And I was mm. like, oh shit! And I yeah. listened to the other people pitching their stuff, and I was like, I'm learning the programs, but I'm like, these guys are terrible on the phone, man. Because I'm used to having to be sharp mm. and be in front of a hundred people to slow it down and be in front of one person. It was so easy to me, yeah. you know. And 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 so. Uh, anyway, so I got like maybe the next month, one of the dudes that mowed the lawn for the car washes, he owned the landscaping company. I sold him a house. Mm -hmm. And so I got like another $7,000. So within like 60 days, I'm $14,000. Dude, that used to take me a half a year to make that much money, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh dude. So at this point, like a year later, I'm doing 20 deals a month. We're making an outrageous amount of money. And that's why the cops got onto me because they're like, how's this dude come out of prison? Now all of a sudden he got one of the nicest homes in the town and he's got yeah. all these cars and stuff. And we were just like – because I started working with investors. Mm -hmm. I saw everybody else was like chasing real estate agents and I wanted to work with like five investors who bought like 10 homes a month and I would just do all their stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, I built that network through Robert Kiyosaki. You know, I went to oh, his yeah. programs. Cool met all the people and then started doing loans for them. Mm. And, uh, and I had a good thing going and, uh, and like I said, but then it all got robbed out from under me. You know what I mean? I, I lost oh. it all cause I had to go to prison and nobody paid, you don't got family that pays your bills or nothing yeah. for two years. You lose it all, you know? And, uh, so I came out with like basically nothing, but I knew how to do it. So I got back in the mortgage business again and went right back after it. But like I said, then they passed the law. How do you really deal with it? What's your, what's your, What's your mindset behind dealing with that? As far as follow-up, uh, you know, a lot of people, they stop following up because they think the customer's not interested in what it is. The customer's just distracted, mm. right? That's all. You know, you just got to stay on top of them. You have to consistently email them, consistently text them and call them, it, especially if you believe in what you're selling, right? Mm. But the other thing is, like, if people give you an objection, you have to ask yourself why. And what I try to do is I, I write down – the best thing you can do is you can take uh, – piece of paper and write down like the top 20 to 30 objections that you get. It costs too much. It's oh, too expensive. Good. Let me talk to my partner. Mm -hmm. I don't have time. I'm not ready yet. Just looking like all those little, you know, objections that you're going to get on a regular basis, write those down. And then on the uh, next to it, write down the answer to it. Right. So it's mm -hmm. like, I don't have enough time. Well, look, we can make this super fast 30 minutes. I can deliver it to your house, whatever those objection rejections that you have are, and then study that every day. 
And so as you're going through your, your presentation, find a way to work those objections in up front. It's like, well, we had this guy one time. He, he told us he didn't have enough time. And within a matter of 15 minutes, we had him back on the road. It's like, you know, work those objections. That way, when they get to the end, you get a real objection, which is whatever the real issue is mm. and not all these other BS ones that people say just because that's what they've been taught to say all the time. Yeah, that's great. So write down a list of objections and then, um, you know, your, 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 the ways in which you can handle them, right? So you're just managing your objections yep. so you're already in your set. Okay, great. Thanks for that. That's great. Um, okay, so yeah, also let's talk about your blog as well. Um, yeah, I came across your blog and like it's, it's absolutely amazing. I really love the way you write. It's so authentic. Um, and you, I can tell that you, you know, you just really speak from the core. There's no fakeness about you. And that, that's what I really like about you. You just really, um, you're just so true with your words and there's just no, no bullshit behind it. So, um, and I don't know, like, how did you build, because you went from, you know, you're building up sales and everything and you got really good at it, but how did you get really good at writing? I mean, reading through it, it's, it's really good the way you write. How did you get, you just practice or something or was it? You just found definitely just, practice. Yeah, definitely practice. However, I can tell you that there is a book called uh, Kick-Ass Copyright and Secrets of a Marketing Rebel by a old curmudgeon guy named John Carlton. And uh, he's just a character, man. But the book is like 200 bucks. And the book is by far what what shaped my writing. Like reading yeah. that book is the, you can actually if you go to hardcorecloser.com, okay. you can you can literally tell. And I don't know what the date was. It's been a few years now. But if you were to read the blog post prior to me finishing that book versus the next blog post after that book is going to be like mind blowing to you. Excellent. Like the difference that book just shaped everything, you know, and fr from there now I write more. Uh, you know, I've had so much, uh, uh, what you may call, I've had so much experience and everything else. Now I've written, uh, over 700 blog posts, 700, I mean, like I've written them, you know? So, I mean, I put in the work for sure. Yeah. 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 You're definitely hustling, man. Yeah. It's just great. You're writing, um, your writing techniques and everything. So, okay, great. I appreciate it. Okay. So, um, so how did you come up with the idea for the hardcore closer as well? Is this, uh, I was reading through your articles and you said that, uh, you met Frank Kern as well, and he probably taught you how to do the marketing and, and the sales and everything, and that probably triggered something, or was it something else that, that got your idea to, to build this, you know, this really good empire of how to closer? Uh, Frank, Frank is my homeboy, man. He played a good part in this. Mm. Uh, matter of fact, he and I were text messaging yesterday. Uh, I, I was at his house a few months ago. I think if you watch his webinars right now, I'm his like uh, test case or whatever. So yeah, yeah. he's a really good dude, man. He's helped me a lot over the years. Um, and uh, he's one of the few people that's like, they're the same offline as they are online. They're just a genuinely, you know, mm -hmm. good dude or whatever. And so, uh, but really, you know, I got into the marketing side of things because, uh, you know, I, I, I worked for this big mortgage company and I did a lot of uh, business with them and I, and I watched how they did all these advertisements. And so what I started off doing was training loan officers how to run advertisements similar to the company that I used to work for yeah. and then how to convert those into leads. And, you know, I uh, and then I've taken pretty much I've been in Russell Brunson, Frank Kern, Kevin Nations, Donald Wilson, like. Dude, I could go on listing yeah. names. I feel bad for all the people that I forgot about that I've been in their masterminds and bought their programs. Like I, I practice what I preach, you know, and and uh, you know, I've just I've been prolific at always learning. Like I've always got a book in my ear, or I'm taking a program or making something. So, uh, you know, and and now all this time later, dude, I just have a, a mountain of content. You know, I have a blog with thousands of pages that I've personally written and created. I got fourteen hundred videos on YouTube. You know, I have. 
you know, millions of people that see my stuff every week, which yeah. is really cool, you know, because that's what I'm trying to do really is make a difference. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Um, so obviously, yeah, you're pretty consistent with, with your work as well. Like you, you've you've mastered, or we, well, you're still mastering, but you're still going through a lot of content you're reading through, you're just reading every day, absorbing all this good information, and you're consistent. You're always pumping, pumping out really good content. So uh, great. Okay. Yeah, I have a good system. You yeah. know what I mean? I have a good – I'm very – one of the things I learned in prison is how to have a routine and become very disciplined because you have yeah. to in there, yeah. and uh, and so I'm, I, that I, that really has helped me in work, strangely enough. So, mm. so you're pretty productive and everything, right? Yeah, you know how to produce. Yep. Yeah, okay, great. Um, also, you wrote like a um, a book, Elevated to the Top. So, could you tell us a bit more about that? What's what's inside that book? Yeah, for forever. It's like my fourth book. Yeah. And people kept saying, when are you going to write a book on sales? <laughs> so finally, uh, I released a book on sales. And like the elevator to the top is a couple of things. It's, uh, it has a couple different meanings. Meaning number one is like uh, we call it the elevator to the top. When someone buys a book, for example, for $10, then they come back and they join our mastermind for $297 a month. And then they become a personal client for $2,500 a month. Like the elevator to the top is from that bottom offer all the way to the top offer that we have, right? Mm -hmm. But also the elevator to the top is a lot of people act like you got to take – they say, oh, you got to climb the mountain. It's lonely at the top or oh, you got to take the stairs to the top. And my book's designed for you to get in the elevator and go up, which is the easiest way to get to the top. Mm -hmm. And it and it's a book that's designed for like – you know, for the first few chapters for uh, veteran salespeople are like, ah, I already know all this stuff. But it's designed for anybody to go in and consume it and go from like a novice salesperson to somebody who has a – a, a, a modern understanding of sales. It's not going to tell you to cold call. It's not going to tell you to go door knock. Matter of fact, door knocking is crazy. I live in Texas and I've been saying this forever. I've been like, you can't knock doors in Texas. You'll get shot. Just yesterday in Frisco, Texas, the town right next to mine where I live, this dude was shot in a guy's front yard for trying to sell ADT alarms to him. Jeez. Man, I'm like, that's, dude, that's scary, just not a risk I'm willing to take. You know, it's not, yeah, yeah. not a risk I'm willing to take. Dude thought he was trying to rob just, him or some shit best. and he blasted him. It's crazy, <laughs> yeah, that's man. It's crazy, yeah. Yeah, if somebody knocks on my door, I think it's the cops because my friends don't knock. They call me when they're in their car and they're like, I'm here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or they text me and say, I'm here. Yeah. So, so you don't have any more fears of that? Any you know, of the cops caught knocking on the door. Every damn day, man. Yeah. Every time my door gets knocked on, I freak out. That's why I like, yeah. You're staring sure. at the window and everything, yeah. I think I was mm -hmm. reading something about Frank Kern. He, um, you know, when he when he was selling so many products and everything, he got so super successful. And then he reached a point where he was just looking out the window, just just worried about people just walking past his house and everything. So, you know, just, he probably had a lot of haters at that time. So you get that, I guess. Dude, so, yeah. I've been to visit his house, and I was there in November. Mm. He lives. There's armed guards outside of his neighborhood. And then you have to go through another gate just to get to his house. And I asked him, I was like, who the hell are you hiding from up here? He goes, I don't know who it is, but they're out there somewhere. <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy, man. You get so many haters, yeah. All right. Um, okay, so if people want to get in contact, um, contact with you, how can they reach you? Uh so the easiest way to find me would be hardcorecloser.com. Okay. Uh, give me your email and name. Go there. Give me your email and name. Sign up. You're going to get badass emails. You're going to love the content that we put out. And uh, what we do is we may send you a few offers during the week. We are salespeople, by the way. But mm. uh, you get weekly recap of all the blog posts that we've added there. I've got podcasts, videos. Like, Dude, there ain't nothing you can think of when it comes yeah, to sales really that's on that site. 